0: you have been warned you press play it's too late to stop get ready to podcast hey everybody welcome to the biggest bad boys of podcasting i'm matt michaels filling in for dj impact of the host job position today and simon street and sin city steve are here as well, and, um, you know, this is a rare opportunity that DJ goes away, so now we can play a little bit, Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to do our three count, um, but we're going to do it a little different. Usually, DJ gives the topics, and uh, we all respond to it, and we each chose our own topic today, and uh, basically, what we're going to do is uh, give you an idea of what the topic is. We'll each kind of say our piece about it. And then we'll move on to the next one and um, give you a little insight to what's going on uh, and some of the wrestling news you might have not heard uh, this past week. So starting with uh, Simon Street, let's get into the three count.
1: All right, everybody. Well, pretty much my article that I chose is Nick Khan is becoming a regular presence at backstage WWE shows. This was uh, reported by WrestlingNews.com. And uh, the author of this uh, brilliant article was Paul Davis. And uh, pretty much basically, I'm going to skim through some of it a little bit. Uh, Basically, it is noted on Saturday by wrestling votes that WWE President Nick Khan was backstage on Friday Night SmackDown. Khan is one of the most powerful people in the company and has been credited with making some of the big revenue generating deals for the company. Some have also credited or blamed him a lot of the cost-cutting this year that is designed to boost the company's profit margins. Khan's appearance backstage at SmackDown is said to be an uncommon presence, occurrence. Ringside News also reported that Khan has been seen backstage a lot on WWE TV lately, and is said he's he's becoming a fixture backstage, and seeing him is not something that is out of the ordinary. A 10-year member of the creative team told RSN that Khan being there is not a big deal. Khan reportedly travels with Vince McMahon on a regular basis so that they can take care of business during their trips. Based on the quarterly earnings report, all of the power that Khan has in the company, it seems that Vince McMahon is happy with the job that he is doing. So pretty much with this article, from kind of reading that, uh, you know, what I kind of gained from that is kind of following through, you know, WWE and obviously Nick Khan have made some changes. And with those changes that are make, made, uh, you know, follow through 100%. And that seems to be what's continually going on, not just to mention the changes that have happened apparently on uh, NXT 2.0, but also with some of the, uh, the cuts that were made previously before that, leading up to basically trimming the fat. And so, with that in mind, it's good to see that even though all that has happened, they're continuing forward to keep looking at the product from that standpoint of backstage. Um, I think a lot of us aren't happy with the cuts for the most part, but at least with this, hopefully they see a goal in mind that they're going to keep moving forward with over and over. There, you know, there may probably be some more cuts that'll be happening. And, uh, you know, I wanted to share this article is because for a lot of people that were upset about the cuts, um, it's important to realize the bigger picture. The bigger picture is that WWE wants to uh, cut their costs, maybe even to either recoup what may have been lost with uh, during the COVID era, that kind of happened in the beginning um, with them not traveling and such, but also too is they may be presenting themselves down the road for something bigger. Some people have said to be sold, some people have said, you know, for many numerous things, but at least they're following through 100%. Um, any changes that we see moving forward, just know that Nick Khan is definitely in the picture and is has his finger on the button of uh, bringing WWE into the next era. Steve, any thoughts on that? It,
2: yeah, I mean, I find it very uh, interesting how everybody is attempting to say that Nick Khan is, you know, or previously was operating with a very hands-off approach and that he didn't have power and things of that nature. But now you're starting to see him having more of a hand in the day-to-day operations, um, and being at more shows, having a, an actual presence. Um, it, I think that that really is telling and, uh, we'll see what happens as things kind of progress, uh, with this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in. Any Anybody that has half a brain would know that this was going to happen. Uh, he's definitely going to be having more of a presence at the live shows, especially.
0: Yeah, I mean, you do have to remember one thing here, and that is that Nikon is not the one doing any booking at all. Um, so, you know, the wrestling itself is not something that is at issue here. Um, like any good corporation uh, hiree, um you know he is essentially the everyday business operations guy he's the money man he's the one sorting all this stuff out um you're a little off simon on terms of uh losing money the wwe made the most money they've made in the pandemic year and on currently in 2021 are on course to make even more money. So in general, they're already making money. It's the fact that they didn't have anyone else other than Vince McMahon essentially doing all the bidding, right? Everything that you always heard about was Vince did this, Vince did that. And I think that um, the closest they got to things like that were the agents, all right? Because you heard Mark Carano had a lot of power backstage, but he was not a person who dealt with um, the, the money aspect, right? So what we're not used to is hearing stories about how the money is being spent, how they're cutting, how they're saving, what they're doing um, to continue to make themselves profitable. They're a business. And we tend to forget that the whole idea is when you're in business, make money. You know, it's pretty simple. Um, yeah, people are going to lose their job. People lose their jobs every fucking day. <laughs> so it's unfortunate, but it will be something that in the end, um, what you'll you know be seeing is either a product that... that can be shopped to a company. Um, If that product is shopped to the company, it's gonna be like Lucas Films, where Kathleen Kennedy still is in charge of Lucas Films, even though it's under business banner. So WWE will still have their people in place. Stephanie and Triple H, unless they don't wanna do it, are gonna have control over the product once Vince is gone. Um, Shane might have input. he hasn't, you know, been as uh, as involved as Stephanie and and Triple H have been. So you're not going to necessarily see something that is a um, hundred times different. Um, I think that, you know, with the NXT stuff going on, I think that that got kind of blown out of proportion. Um, I can't see any scenario in which Hunter didn't know anything that was going on. And um, you're going to see that by having his presence there at the tapings, at the live shows, um, it's something that hopefully that if employees have questions, they can get questions answered easier. Um, And shit, he should know what is going on with the product if he's the guy making these calls. So it's actually, I think, very encouraging to see that you have someone who is hands-on, but not hands-on in the sense of Tony Khan being hands-on or Vince McMahon being hands-on because that, you know, those guys, that's their company and they're the ones behind all of the yeses and nos on all of the actual in front of uh, the camera decisions, right? Um essentially remember wwe what 20 years ago now started their own production company they've yeah. never mm-hmm. wanted to be just a wrestling company so so we're you know we're seeing the expansion of what a brand can be and this is someone who you know hey if they can uh, if they can benefit make more money great because in the end that's what you do with a, bu- a business you might not like all of the decisions they make, but then again, if you're a sports fan, your favorite team has made decisions that piss you off every fucking year. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so that's you know, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good little thing you found there, Simon. Um, and um, very interesting to keep our eyes on to see what's going to happen in the future. I'm turning to. Um, wrestle zone and the headline here is brian danielson talks social media toxicity between aew and wwe fans uh it's uh given to us by john clark um it's no secret social media wars often break out between fans of wwe and aew about numerous topics and aew superstar Brian Danielson recently acknowledged this in an interview with Jimmy Traina, I guess, something like that on uh, Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Uh, Speaking about this, Brian said, I think that also speaks to it's not just a wrestling culture thing. I think there's also a tribalism in our country right now. The narrative of being on one side or the other And I think most people are actually very rational and will enjoy both sides. But I think the harder edges, and those are the people who tend to speak out more, if you like both, you're not going to go on social media and say anything controversial. That's going to get a lot of responses. If you say, oh, AEW was great last night, but I really enjoyed this about WWE as well, nobody's going to say anything. You just do one or the other. I think that's one of the negatives of social media is it tends to emphasize the harshness in either direction. Now, within this, um, Daniel Bryan also goes on uh, talking about the decision to leave WWE for AEW, um, the idea that it's a tough decision to do that and um it was the decision that was right for him even though it was really excruci- excruciatingly hard to do um but as he also said that basically right now you're seeing the WWE guys doing this going to AEW in the future you're going to see AEW guys doing the same thing going to WWE um so that was kind of the gist of the article um which sports Illustrate- illustrated in that interview um personally I um I think that Daniel Bryan is or Brian Danielson um is spot on and probably one of the only people who has had the balls to basically say, listen, I worked in an environment that I enjoyed working in, and it was really hard to leave them. And I'm basically gonna say that, you know what? The fans are the ones who escalate this with no real reason to because you can find things you like and you can think, find things you dislike in both companies. And that is a very important thing that you don't have to just try to you know, basically destroy another company just because... Um, it's the cool thing to do, or you didn't like something that they did to someone. Um, In reality, listen, if you go into a restaurant and you drink Pepsi and they only have Coke, nine out of 10 times, you're going to then take the Coke. And I think that that's something we kind of lose focus of. It's more options. It's more business. It's more jobs for these guys to have. So to go out there and to just be specifically negative in order to basically troll on other people, that's the thing that I think he's basically saying, listen, that's just bullshit, you know, Um, and, you know, hopefully, and, and we know, we know that, you know, guys have had bad experiences with WWE, especially guys who value themselves more than a company and so you're going to hear negative things but you're also going to look and go you know there are guys who haven't never left the company ms is still there and do you think ms ever looks at it and goes boy i should have been champion over and over and over um he met his wife there he's got a great reality show that's very successful and he's been able to do this without an, a major injury for over a decade you know this being his first time so there's good things that that come out of the uh, situation there's good things you can find on the shows every week and i think that a lot of times we find made up competition not because of the fact that there's ratings involved or money involved or stakes involved, it's because we just can't keep our fucking selves away from just getting under people's skin. And, you know, and and hell, that's what we do. That's what we do right here. The three of us, we, we purposely try to get under each other's skins because that makes it entertaining when you're just on, message boards and you're being a dick to everyone, then you're you're basically just being a jerk. And that's that. So that's my uh two cents on it. Uh let's throw it over to you, Steve. Uh
2: I, I think that this is spot on. Um tribalism is everywhere. It's unfortunately it's become a uh a, a cultural phenomenon at this point, uh, regardless of professional wrestling, regardless of combat sports. It's Tribalism has infiltrated every facet of our lives, um, and it's something that is very, very alarming. Um, no matter what your stance may be on a particular topic, you guaranteed will be able to find somebody that will fight you to the death as mm-hmm. to why you are wrong and they are right, and there is no middle ground. There is no discussion to be had. There is, you know concession is failure for a lot of these people. So they don't want to admit that, you know, they have the slightest bit of inaccuracy, the slightest, you know, thought that they could be wrong in whatever they've, you know, made the decision on. Um, It's just astounding. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it all goes back to pride. And unfortunately, we've become a very prideful society. And you all know, hopefully, that saying about pride, that it goes before a fall. So, buckle
1: up. Uh, you know what? The, the, you know Both of you gentlemen pretty much said it just eloquently, what this article speaks about. But the one thing I want to point out, too, is something about just the man who, is, who in the article was speaking was uh, Brian Danielson. One thing I love about him is he is literally... The picture perfect of the quote, and that's the famous quote we've all heard life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. And, um, you know, his word and his sentiment echoes just that because, you know, he sustained a career threatening injury, even a life threatening injury, if you would call it. If it had a, if that neck, in, uh, I think it was a neck, neck injury, almost yeah. spinal possible injury could have been exacerbated a couple of inches, would have left him paralyzed. So, you know, at the end of all that, the fact that he chose to stay in WWE, which was his choice, he could have went to other places. I believe there was a, a, a stint in time to where he could have went to AEW in the beginnings. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong since he's Steve, Matt Michaels, you might be he able was, to correct me on that. Yeah,
0: he was still he was still under contract.
1: Was he still under contract? Okay. Yeah, this was the first opportunity he's had since they. OK, been company. then then I stand corrected on that. But the great thing about it is, is he's always been somebody that, uh, when I think of him, is someone that is is something we can all learn from, is being open to listening to everybody and observing everything. And that's why so many great things have happened for him and his family. Um, he's just like you mentioned, Miz, he met his wife there. You see what I'm saying? And, and, you know, uh, I do believe that great things happen to people who leave themselves open. Certain doors close and other doors open. But um, if you have the mentality of thinking, um, you know, old keys open new doors, you'll never get anywhere. You have to be able to leave yourself open to find those new keys. And Daniel Bryan did that. And so with what he said in this article and the decisions he's made with coming to AEW, I know that he made the right choice.
0: Yeah, that, um, you know, that that's, uh, and, and ultimately, that's what matters, right? It's not necessarily our opinions. It's what's best for these guys and their families. So, I mean, we can sit here and bitch about everything that's wrong in one show or the other. The truth of the matter is, is are you able to pay your mortgage? Are you able to stay, you know, clothed and have food in your household? There you go. Um, Steve, what is your uh, topic for tonight in the final one of our three count?
2: Uh, so I chose coming to us from cagesideseats.com why NXT on USA is unsustainable. <clears throat> yeah. We're now two weeks into the NXT rebrand, and the future looks bleak. From its aesthetic, which evokes Nickelodeon Studios more than the CWC, to the influx of green talent being featured, it is already abundantly clear that NXT 2.0 is a weekly primetime show on USA Network is unsustainable. NXT 1.0 was criticized for being too dark with its black and gold color scheme. For this revamp, NXT received a brand new brighter look. The only problem is that brighter look is too bright. It's an overcorrection in terms of brightness. More concerning, though, is the retooled setup, which combined with the wild colors, looks like the set of Double Dare, that late 80s, early 90s Nickelodeon children's game show. Throw in a little more orange and Mark Summers, and you'd be forgiven if you thought you were down the road from the CWC at the old Nickelodeon Studios on the Universal Studios lot. Ah. More concerning than the Nick aesthetic, though, is the talent. NXT is known for guys like Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Samoa Joe, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. All of those guys had ring experience before they landed in NXT. Now the card is overrun with guys like Braun Breaker, Brooks Jensen, and Von Wagner. All of these guys are greener than green. They're the talent that needs time to develop. In addition to them, a myriad of other wrestlers, including Trick Williams, Tony D'Angelo, and Joe Gacy, have all been dropped on the viewing audience in the last two weeks. That's a lot of people to keep up with. The sheer volume of new talent combined with their suboptimal skill level makes the viewer feel as though they're watching wrestling school as opposed to a polished wrestling product. <sighs> okay, so here's, here's my thing with this is... Yes, you can hate the aesthetic of the show, without question. And of course, this is this writer's opinion. Um, I do not like the aesthetic of the new NXT by any means. Um, It doesn't resonate with me. Uh, However, um, there are people that I've spoken to that are in the target demographic. Um, And for NXT, they are targeting the 18 to 25 demographic specifically um because they know just where their market uh, market penetration lies. Um, they have always been extremely, extremely high with viewers over the age of 50. Um, so WWE, um, they they realize, thankfully that in order to sustain their product, they will need to target a younger audience. Um, now the the brighter colors, the, Faster paced matches, things of that nature. Um, those were both things that were mentioned that uh this person in the 18 to 25 demographic that they thought were improvements over the previous NXT. Um, so while they weren't uh necessarily sold on Braun Breaker and Trick Williams and you know the, ca- the new cast of NXT 2.0 basically, um, they were they were optimistic. And to be honest, it was, it was, um, getting this insight from, you know, this, this person that I spoke with because I'm not the target demographic for this show anymore. Um, granted I was, I was previously, um, but now they are appealing to a younger demo. They want, you know, people that have, shorter attention spans. And that's not meant as a slight by any means. It's just a fact. Um, There are people that traditionally have shorter attention spans. There are people that have longer attention spans. Um, And those, you know, the latter group can sit down and, you know, you can give them a 60 minute Ironman match that takes up half the show and they'll be completely fine with it. However, you're going to have those same, those, you know, those same people that if you give them you know, a block of 10 five minute matches that they're just going to shit all over it um, because it doesn't resonate with them. So realistically, what WWE needs to do, honestly, is they need to stick to their guns with this. Uh, if they say that they are going to try to pull in this particular 18 to 25 specifically demographic, then they need to continue this and not shift gears in a month, maybe two, when the numbers aren't where they need to be. Um, dare I say, with the people that they have in place and you know the, the people that are influencing decisions, um, this could be easier said than done, but um, in order for the sustainability of this brand, I think that that is somewhat of a a valid point on this, on this article, but only if they try to serve multiple different masters and they try to go about things and drastically shift the course. Uh, If they choose to stay the course and keep the programming as it's been presented in the first two weeks, then I think that they will have long-term success with the NXT brand. But if they make, um, you know, shotgun type decisions and try to shift things around um, because the numbers aren't working right this minute, I think that that will absolutely just kill the NXT brand once and for all, unfortunately.
0: Simon, what's uh, your thoughts on this?
1: Well, pretty much like what I said before in one of our our wrestling talk shows previously uh, when I was explaining about NXT 2.0, same thing. I, for one, were very outspoken, was not excited even from the moment I saw the new brand logo. I was like, this just looks like watercolors. However, with an open mind and after two weeks of digesting it in, um, I realized that two things. Number one, I am getting old. And with being old, You will become accustomed to the thought of the changes of the wind and you probably don't like it because it's not common to you. But also in the same open mind, I looked at why I love wrestling and what it was like when I was that demographic that they're shooting for. And I was in that that 15 to 25 demographic. Things were new. And I wondered if I, during that age, had conversations with people who were of the age that I am now or older back then during the attitude era, WCW Nitro, uh, you know, those days, what would they have said? There would have been a lot of them and say, I really don't care for all that stuff. I don't care for women butt naked rolling around. You get what I'm saying? And so I think about this is just the natural way. And the one great thing that I hope that everybody in every one of these age groups, especially our age group, as we now are starting to see those changes, is that because we love wrestling and we want that legacy to continue even well to where all of us are probably in adult diapers in a nursing home or not in a nursing home at home, we can still turn on wrestling and share that with the younger generation. And say, man, I remember when I saw, you know, uh, you know that that tag team with, with with Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. Edge was on top of there and he speared him in the air. Thought he cracked We can share those stories. So I hope that with all the changes going on with NXT, um, it's funny because we started because the article is about sustainability on USA. <laughs> I think it'll do just fine because USA as a television station, in their history, has also made changes. A lot of changes, you know. So uh one thing I will say with with USA, they have a lot on their plate, a lot of changes that they're doing. Um on my birthday, October twelfth, you're gonna have the Chucky series, and it's revamped itself to cater toward a younger audience. Um Wait, is there's
0: that on, is that on sci-fi though?
1: Mm, I think it's on USA. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think it's on sci-fi. Okay, well then I stand corrected yeah. yet again. But there's many shows that you'll see now. Is what my point is making to where they're changing pre-existing um ips and they're rebranding it to fit a younger audience because tv or tv syndication has to survive and artists to survive they have to diversify and we are not part of the equation because we're content with watching reruns just as art our, our parents were good with watching reruns on tbs the golden girls the cosby show so i'll leave it with that it changes are coming I'm with you, Sin City. I hope that they keep with it, don't change it because I don't want to see NXT as a brand go away because inconsistency and just people can't stick to the script. And just to follow up on
0: that, the um it looks like, and this is very interesting. Um Child's Play the Chucky TV series is set to premiere on sci-fi and the USA network on October 12th. Yeah. So, I mean, that goes to play that they might be, um, you know, using their cross branding of their own networks now. So that's very, that's an interesting point. Um, you know, what's, what's fascinating. There's a couple different things on this. First off, I think um, Steve, you're absolutely right. This is an opinion piece. <laughs> it just, this is this guy's opinion um, because he was talking about a couple things in terms of okay, the aesthetics. What the hell? The aesthetics. None of us can really have. Uh, we we can dislike or like it, but that's not going to force them to change anything. You know. Um, let's let's face it. There are times when SmackDown and Raw seem to have the same set for fifteen years. <laughs> You know, facts, facts. It really does. You know, um, yeah. even down to um, you know, if you, if you go back and look at the theme songs, theme songs will go for like two, or three years, and then they'll they'll change it up. So, I think that the refreshing of um, a product is always going to be something. You're going to see the same thing happen with every single company that's running in business because you cannot sustainably have something that runs every single week of the year that you're going to just keep the same forever. It's just not going to happen. The second thing that I, I kind of take issue with him on the fact that he brings up the names of like Adam Cole and Samoa Joe and Kyle O'Reilly and these guys, right. And how these guys had experience before they were on NXT. well, On the flip, I will say that when FSW was, or, um, you know, uh, not FSW, but uh, uh, FCW, right? That was for championship wrestling before it became NXT. Yeah, You had guys who were Moxley, right? Moxley, he was not really on a nationally known scale. Same with Seth Rollins. Same with Roland Rain, Roman Reigns. Um, Charlotte Flair. Ric Flair's fucking daughter had no experience in the wrestling ring. Only started wrestling because her brother died and she did it because of him. Yep. So what I look at is it was a developmental territory. They've had developmental territories going back to the 90s and the difference was when they branded it into the nxt brand what they were trying to do is basically build a product that had the same uh type of elements in a television setting that you would be encountering when you got called up to the main roster that was the whole goal of nxt it wasn't meant for anything else. It wasn't meant for competitive ratings or trying to put other businesses out or, or a, a war on Wednesday nights. It was built as a product that guys could get their reps in and then be comfortable when they go up to be able to know how you wrestle a WWE style match. That's what they're trying to do now. And I think it was said as such by Nick Khan at some point. What I like is the fact that we sit here and we can talk, we can go back the the last five years and you can find consistently guys just recycling through each other. And that's something we always, you know, talk about on main rosters, right? Why don't we like raw? Because you see the same fucking match for six months in a row. It feels like, right? So now that they're putting younger guys in, with older guys who have experience like Ciampa and and, uh, Gargano and those guys. Now you're going to give a chance to a lot of these guys to learn, develop, and the fans are now on at ground zero. You can watch a wrestler now come up from that point are you going to complain that, oh, this person doesn't have wrestling experience? I say it's better that they don't have wrestling experience because you know what's going to happen? If they can't hack it, they're going to get let go. And we're not going to say, oh my God, they let you know Malachi Black go, right? Because if this guy just doesn't have it, no one's going, oh my God, AEW's going to sign him up right now and he's going to be the biggest thing because you guys blew it with him. No, most likely he's being cut because he's not that good because he's not getting a really big paycheck either. So it balances that, those factors out. But now he wants to incorporate this idea about not sustainable on USA. Okay. We already saw the split from Wednesday night to Tuesday night. Now, the last 10 weeks before 2.0 launched, the 10 week average for viewers was 655,100. And that's an average of the 10 weeks. Their highest was on August 10th. They got 751,000 views and uh, 0.19 in the 1849. Also on the 18 and 49 on July 20th, they got a 0.2. Those were your highest, uh, and then 713 uh, 0.19. So you got three shows that were 0.19 or higher. And your um, your lowest, your lowest viewership was on back to back the 727 and 803. 520,000 viewers okay now this was let's think about this this was the show that had Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly eventually Samoa Joe all these guys he announced as you know oh they had this they're missing this blah blah blah. 2.0 launches and it hits 746,000 live viewers uh, this past week, the first week of launching 770,000 viewers. So basically these two first two weeks and one week of those 10 weeks gave us over 745,000. So they're already ahead of the last 10 weeks now, is it alarming or something that you got to keep your your, you know, your attention on that they went from seven hundred and seventy to seven hundred and forty six thousand viewers. Yeah, it's down. It's the fluctuation, right? Um, again, uh, you know, on uh, wrestling talk uh, yesterday, it was brought up the fact that Rampage um, has been going down, right? And Rampage has a guy like CM Punk, right? So again, the argument of the established versus the no experience or young experience is kind of bullshit here, all right? Rampage, the ratings are going to go down because it's on fucking Friday night at 10 o'clock at night, you know? What do you expect? Um, And the same, NXT, you're on a Tuesday night. If you're doing better than let's say 700,000 or 600,000 you know views live, then you're doing all right because even though as the article said it might be cheaper to put on a law and order rerun or something, the honest answer is that you still are getting more revenue when you're showing those type of numbers Against what a rerun is going to do you from a, a, a sitcom or a or a fucking uh, dramedy, so um, you know it's it's interesting that from that guy's opinion and perspective, he wants to play it essentially as they weren't doing well, they moved, they still weren't doing well, and now they're not using top guys, they're using green guys, so therefore. USA is going to get pissed off and cancel them out. I don't know, but the last time I looked, USA has had a working relationship with the WWE, except for a small period of time when they were on TNN. TNN. Yeah, yep. they've had a 40-year relationship with them. So that's the thing that really gets me, is that it seems like this was a piece that was going for that jugular to make it sound like, they are failing, which then ties into what Daniel Bryan was saying. Here you go. Here's a perfect example. And because it's printed as journalism,
2: mm-hmm.
0: now it lends itself credibility, quote unquote. And so now fans can pick up on this and use this as their argument towards, well, look at this. The truth of the matter is, and I think this is, you know, Steve, like you said, um, and Simon, to, to, some of your extent as well you might not like the aesthetic you might not like some of the talent that's on there you might go well what are they doing with this guy and that guy might disappear for seven to ten weeks while they're you know getting a more training and maybe developing a different character maybe they pulled a gun too early maybe they thought they had something but they haven't seen it yet and they wanted to try it out you're going to see a lot of that but At the same time, they're doing what AEW is not allowed to do on network television. They're allowed to do it on dark. And that is give matches to younger talent who need to kind of get some matches in. And also give uh, some of those matches, you know, people are going to lose 20 matches before they might even find a place within. AEW's system of how they can fit them in, right? And the WWE, right now, because of the fact that USA gave them the money, they're able then to use a network show to do this now. And I think that that is the thing. If you love the product and you were upset that they stopped doing the Golden and Black brand, You know what? Adam Cole is with AEW now. Watch AEW. (laughs) It It just makes no sense to me why we have to continuously point out the failures or the successes. If you're a wrestling fan and you enjoy something and you don't enjoy something else, savor it. Savor what you love. Seek that stuff out. Steve, you love New Japan. I really can't watch that much new Japan because of the fact that for me, it's just not my style of wrestling, but do I think that it's, you know, any less of a value? No, no, it has its place. And I think that, you know, the, the winners and all of this, honestly, fuck the networks. Again, who cares about the actual ratings if the networks are able to put the money out? If they want to keep you, they give you the money. The the winners are the fans on being able to sit here and decide. Look, DJ Impact watches Impact Wrestling. None of us on a constant basis can say the same thing. And the honest answer is he likes what he's seeing. So why
2: is that a problem?
0: Exactly, and that's and and you know that's where we're at in this world is that tribalism and all three, I, which is really strange because none of us it with each other at all. We all just kind nope. of all of a sudden <laughs> hear this out, this this and this, and they all kind of kind of connect together because they really are interchangeable in what all of it is kind of. Pointing out and saying. And that's fascinating that we, three different people, could find three different things that all kind of can relate to each other. And that's where we are now, man. We are in a really, really cool place to be professional wrestling fans. And if we want to take it even a step farther, listen, that's NXT on TV. You're going to see green guys now because they're developing them. But quite honestly, Isn't it the wrestling fans who are watching the local promotions, who are getting Fight TV to see, you know, what's going on in New York and what's going on in Portland and what's going on in Texas? That's the whole thing. Why are we continuously making this about you're wrong? We're right. Blah, blah, blah. When the honest answer is, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you can throw a stone now and you can see fucking pro wrestling. And it used to not be like this. So that's my rant. Um, any final thoughts on on
1: these three topics, guys? I, the only thing I'm going to say is with all three, well, not so much mine, but with the two that, that uh, you gentlemen presented, it, it definitely gives a lot of perspective and hope to a lot of our guys who are in the Indies, whether they're in your backyard or ours, because it now gives them options, choices, to to better chase and secure their dream, which back in our day, that was really hard. And the only reason why I say that's amazing for them is look at those boys and girls that, that that statistic of who want to be NFL, uh, want to play in the NFL or want to play in the NBA. That number is hard to achieve. So yeah. anybody who has a dream of being a wrestler can actually have avenues to make that dream come true with some hard work.
0: And, and I think that that's a very good point because one of the things I saw this past weekend at FSW show was a um, brutal shot where a chair just busted. It was, it was, I mean, it was loud. Like you heard this thing and you went, whoa, what the hell? And um, they take this chair and they bring it this little girl runs up to, you know, a guy who's standing there by this broken chair and says, can I have that as a souvenir? So they sought out, they found Joe. Joe was, you know, good with it. And through the next, you know, 40, 50 minutes, an hour, she was going around during the matches to any of the wrestlers who were at the table selling merch or you know we're we're out there and she was getting autographs on this chair
1: amazing that's awesome and that's what it should be and like you
0: said simon you look at the percentages well a young girl watching the nfl might love the nfl but right now she cannot play in the nfl but in wrestling she can do it
1: and that door for women is getting wider and
0: wider yeah yeah and it just happens to be that pro wrestling is one of the i think you know, first, uh, you know, mainstream things that we're seeing such a progression with women that you're getting opportunities that, you know, people were not getting 15 years ago. Right. And you're seeing it in the other sports as well. WNBA has done a big thing for the women in that kind of sense. So it really is something that as much as you want to put down the other company or, If uh, you're nervous because, oh, the WWE has a new executive who's been around for a year and is doing this or that and changing things, guess what? We all fear change, but in the end, change is actually good. And this might be a new way to draw eyes into the NXT product, especially if you see that some of this talent is green if you're eight years old and you see someone for the first time and you can't really find much on them because, you know, they're, you know, Rick uh, Steiner's son, right. Who doesn't have already five years of wrestling under his belt. Well, here you go. You're going to take your journey at eight years old. By the time you're 22 He is going to be a seasoned professional and you might be the one in NXT trying to get up to take his place on the main roster one day. And that's what it is. It's a cycle of life. And we should really, you know, be happy that the opportunity is out there that we just can't get it. You know, couldn't get 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, um, and, and, and you also don't have to wrestle in the (laughs) sportatorium. You know, you're, you're not in a shitty venue, you know, you're in an NXT, that place is so gorgeous. And that's one of the reasons I kind of like the lighting is because it showcases this thing. One of the other things I was looking at, and and there was not enough substance to go off of it, but I think this was a very good point is the WWE is about to work with um, MGM and Mark Burnett to develop American Gladiators, which oh, right. yeah. means, yes, which means that, for instance, the guy who uh, I saw the, write the piece um, just stating that. And then he said something to the extent of, wouldn't it be great if one of those new gladiators could be a guy like Kevin Cross? Carrying Cross is perfect for something like that. You're going to see these kind of things now develop, too. So even if you think they're doing wrong to a guy like and Cross. Guess what? Cross is a smart guy. He's charismatic. He looks like a fucking American gladiator. If he can make more money using that as a launching point to something else in Hollywood, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? Guys, the, 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 the 80s only gave us Hulk Hogan in movies, Roddy Piper in movies, and Andre the Giant, essentially. That was it. Now, you have a total open door for people to go into that aspect of entertainment. And that's what we should be happy for. And guess what? AEW is going to be right behind. You know? So you can't tell me MJF is not going to be in front of a oh, fucking Oh, hell yeah. Camera oh, camera.
1: hell yeah.
0: And and I, I really, I would also say that guys like Ricky Starts and Sammy Guevara could also very well see that opportunity come their way. So this is all good things. And the people who are losing right now are the people who want to see their company that they don't like fail, whether it be AEW or WWE. And, um, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame that that negative attitude is what is affecting um, everything. But like you said, Steve, it goes across the boards like the article said. You know, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get over that mentality of, you know, it's either the Yankees or the Mets and that's it, you know, because there's a lot of other baseball teams out there, right? There's a lot of other, you know, hockey teams and football teams. If you're a fan of the sport, you're not necessarily, you know, crying when your team is not winning every single season. So... That's what we're going to see, you know. Is it going to be that scenario where fans continue to support? And if they do, this could keep growing. And if it does, we'll be winners. All right,
1: guys, uh, final words for this week. Simon Street. Everybody continue to uh, be safe out there. Try to treat each other with um, uh, a good amount of decency and respect. Respect other people in the words that they say and walk away when people are disrespectful in the things that they say as well. Uh, there's nothing wrong with walking away from conflict because that can really make a bigger difference than you think. Unless it's in your storyline. Thank we, you, Michaels.
0: We do kind of need the conflict to be in the storyline. This story. is true. <laughs> Outside <laughs> of
1: wrestling, in real life is what I meant. <laughs> Sin City Steve, your final thoughts.
2: Um, So special thank you to every brave man and woman serving this country uh, on lands, foreign and domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. So definitely we appreciate, we appreciate you guys. Um, Also repsports.com, R E P P sports.com. Go there, use promo code Vegas at checkout, save yourself 15% on all of your pre-workout weight loss and general energy needs repsports.com promo code Vegas.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, my final thought is, uh, you know, usually, uh, for the last couple of years, um, you know, we, we hear this person's passed away, that person passed away. It's been really unreal. How many uh, deaths have been, you know, coming through. Um, one of the things that I think that I really am, um, very, very, very happy that WWE does and that they recognize, um, uh, uh, every year, um, for a stretch of time. And that is Connor's cure. Um, man, if you can do anything to help donate, um, please do. Um, if you were watching the the pay-per-view the other day, um, you know, when, or, or even, uh, the TV shows, uh, the last couple of weeks when they show the, the commercials and you see how excited these kids are to be superheroes. Um, and I know that we, you know, we've, we've pondered the idea of Nikki Ash, right. you know, almost a superhero. Well, this is what these kids need, man. They, they need to feel like they're almost superheroes and, um, it's very important. And so if you guys can support Connor's care, please, um, support it, make it a, a, a yearly thing. And, um, you know, um, Just realize that as much as we can be cynical, as much as we're getting older, as uh, Simon liked to point out, um, the truth is, is that um, for as much as we climb, there are always young kids coming into this world. So that's a very important thing uh, to look out for uh, the kids, because eventually the kids are going to be looking out for you. And if they're not looking out for you... (laughs) then guess what guys we can just uh, call it a wrap and uh you know say say good night um and uh you know the, the it's important so um it's a great thing they do and um please if you can support it support it uh thank you guys for tuning in and, and supporting us as well um the three count will uh have DJ Impact back next week, um, which will be great because I I, I know like uh, hosting not not a for me. not
1: a good. <laughs> Well, I don't think you like hosting because you you know you don't get a chance to play your role of just shooting down everything. You actually have to do something other than that you know you
0: know what I, I can interview i can uh i can talk i can do sh- smack shit but when it comes down to uh being a host um me and not a prepared a good like dj um yeah. so uh we appreciate everything that he does for us and um, um please if you guys get a chance and you listen to the show uh you know Um, on a constant basis Um, check out uh, voices in my head Um, you know he puts that out every once in a while and um, you know it's literally DJ Impact just talking about something that he had going on in his head Um, and that man that takes a lot of balls you just get in front of Mike and state your opinions and that's it so let him know that you appreciate him give it a listen and uh, give him some feedback and uh, with that, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll see you guys next time. The biggest Bad Boys of podcasting.